Austin, I, I guess you still have So, that's a good video, amen. Cecilia Baptist, good morning. It is good to be uh, in the house of the Lord, and uh, I love Father's Day, love, love these type of holidays. I, I like watching people as they come in to see how many men dressed up and matched their wives. And uh, I want to bring some special attention over here on this right side this morning and introduce you to this couple, Daryl and Vicki Thurman. And uh, amen. I love it, brother. You're as red as <laughs> Oh, amen, amen. And so, and Leroy, I can see you and Anna had a little uh, conversation before y'all came this morning as well. And so, amen to that. Church, it is, it's always good to be in the house of the Lord. And so, real quickly, here's what we're going to do. I want you, if you are a, a, a dad, I want you to stand up real, real quickly. If you are a dad, I want you to stand up real, real quickly, and, and and church, let's give them a round of applause. Luke, you ain't standing up, brother. You better get up. There you go. All right. And you guys can be seated. Uh, God bless you. We also want to let you know we've got a small token. We've got a gift back here in the back. So as you're walking out right back here on that table uh, with all the color, uh, different coloring bags, uh, we've got a gift for you. And uh, thanks for Miss Tina uh, for getting that together this week. And uh, I think you guys will uh, enjoy that. Just a little something from us to t let you know that, that we love you and uh, we and we want to encourage you. And so, pray that you have your Bible with you this morning. We need that. Amen? we, we got to have that. We're going to turn. If you don't have your own, maybe there's one underneath your pew or hopefully behind you or somewhere. But we're going to be in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 10 this morning as we talk about fatherly uh, wisdom that brings blessings. Fatherly wisdom that brings blessings. Blessing. So Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 10. I want to read you a little poem. I, I love poems for Father's Day and Mother's Day. It goes like this. A father isn't a dad because he has given you life or just because your mother is his wife. If you have a problem, a father may not care. A dad will ask you about your problem and let you know he's there. A father thinks that respect is due him rightly. A dad knows that respect is earned and should not be taken lightly. A father may be too busy to take time to talk to you. A dad will make the time no matter what else he has to do. Your father is your father and that is his stand. Your dad may be your father. It can also be your friend. When it's time to go to bed, a father would turn, uh, uh, tell you to turn out the light, but a dad will tuck you in and tell you good night. Your father and your dad may be one and the same. And a stepfather can be your dad, even if only in name. Still wonder what makes a father a dad? I have given you all the answers I had. Your father is the one that gave your life a start. Your dad is the one that remains in your heart. I thought that was a sweet poem. And hope you guys uh, enjoyed that poem. You know, for the last 20 years, um, I'm going to try my best not to, to get a little emotional this morning. But for the last 20 years, God has blessed me with the opportunity to be more than just a father, but also to be a dad. And you know, uh, looking back on my life, there have been times I was more of a, of a father uh, than a dad. 
But this is why I'm glad that our Heavenly Father continues to build us. Amen? That He continues to mold us into the dads that our children need and that our children deserve. So my goal this morning, dads, I'm not going to try to beat you up with words. I'm not going to try to beat you up with stats because we already know that our children, they deserve a dad that loves them. Amen? They deserve a dad that invests in them. They deserve a dad that helps provide for them. They deserve a dad that encourages them. They deserve a dad that protects them. No, see, this morning, I, I, I want to encourage you. Now, if you feel conviction, that's between you and God. And I hope you do. Because it's good to be convicted. Amen? It's good to know that we're not perfect. It's good to know that God is still molding. It's good to know that God is still touching our hearts and letting us know, hey, Dad, maybe there's something that you need to reevaluate. Maybe there's something that you need to look at. Because let's be honest, it's easy to cast stones. We just don't like stones cast what? Cast back at us. And so I want to encourage you this morning with the words of the wise King Solomon and how we as dads can share some fatherly wisdom with our children that can and that will bring godly blessings into their lives. That's what we want, right? We want our children to have lives that are blessed. We want our children to have lives in which they know God. We want our children to have these lives so that when they have children, they can start enriching these things into their what? Into their own children. And so let's read from maybe the smartest person that has ever lived, according to the Bible, or that may ever live. Wise King Solomon. And listen to what he says in Proverbs 3. Verses 1 through 10. He says this. He says, My son, do not forget my but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will bring over with new wine. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We, we thank you for the music that's already touched our hearts, for the children's sermon, Lord, that is speaking, Lord, not only to children, but to adults as well. And, and so, Father, we thank you. We know that you're already at work. Father, we feel your Holy Spirit, Lord, just right now among us. And God, I pray this morning as the words are spoken and words are preached and words are taught that the Holy Spirit will open up our, our hearts and our eyes and our, and our ears. And God, we don't just use this time to uh, wait for other things that are going to happen and go on today. We, we know today is Father's Day. And truth be told, this, this is a great day to, to honor all of our biological fathers and, and all of us that are here. But Lord, it's also your day. This is your day. Uh, we would not be able to be dads if it would not, were not for you, because, Lord, you made us this way. 
You made us to be relational. You made us, Lord, to seek out a spouse, Father God, and to have children. And the Bible says that children are a blessing. And so, God, I pray this morning that we dads, we maybe we don't take this day so much as a day to be pampered. And, and God, I know there's many dads. We, we deserve that, we think, in our minds, and we look forward to that. But, Lord, I think today is a great day to be challenged about our relationship with you. Lord, uh, are we the dad? Are we the father? that our children really, really need? Are we setting that example for them in the name of Jesus? Father, do they see Jesus in us? The way that we love, the way that we act, the way that we talk, the way that we walk, the way that we work. Father, do they see it? And Lord, I pray this morning, there's probably some men here that really need to be challenged. God, we all do. And so Lord, speak clearly and thoroughly, with love and with conviction and encouragement. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. I want to share a, a short article that I found on Scholastic.com with you real quickly. Uh, it says this. This is not me, of course, because I don't have twin daughters. It says, My twin daughters, Anna and Emma, are 16 years old, but they still love to relive and retell stories from their early childhood. Emma often asked to hear about how she greeted everyone with her first word, cookie, rather than hello. And Anna recounts the time that she was struck with a shovel full of ice and had to go to the emergency room. I remember being there, she says. I remember lying on the bed and hearing you go, oh. The doctor was a woman and everybody came to visit. She was only two years old at that time. So the article goes on. It says, think about this. What will your child or children remember from their earliest years? Think about yours for just a moment. Think about those child, about those early years. What will they remember? And what meaning do these specific memories have for your child? For one thing, again, it goes on. For one thing, memories connect our past, our present, and our what? Our future. And they connect us to one another. Our children's memories can also lend insight into their rich inner lives and can help them develop what Eric Neisser, founder of Rutgers Special Education Clinic, calls the extended knowledge of oneself across time. Knowledge of oneself is power, and you acquire it by looking inside at your external experiences. It is one of the ways we find meaning in our lives. So where am I going with this? Where is this story leading? Well, I want us to notice how this proverb begins as King Solomon looks at his son. He's having a conversation with his son. And I want you to look at what he says. He says, son, he says, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. Now, why was it so important to King Solomon that his son remember and not forget his commands in his heart? Well, the king is referring to, he's referring to the Old Testament laws. Not just to the Ten Commandments. It's believed that by most scholars that the Old Testament had around 613 commands. So I'm assuming this is why Moses said one time in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 20, teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk around the road and when you lie down and when you get up. 
Now, some of these laws were to reveal to the Israelites how to obey God and how to please God. The Ten Commandments, for example. Some of the laws were to show the Israelites how to worship God and how to atone for sin, the sacrificial system. Some of the laws were intended to make the, the Israelites distinct from other nations, like the food and the clothing rules. But again, why is it so important that the king's son keep these Old Testament laws? Because King Solomon said, they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. And this leads to our very number one point this morning, dads, and everyone else that's with us this morning. Number one, dads, our children need to see that we value and seek God's what? God's wisdom. Our children need to see that we value and that we seek God's wisdom. And we see this in verses 1 through 2. Now, as Christians, we're no longer under the Old Testament laws. But we're under a new covenant, amen, that was bought and it was paid for by Jesus Christ. So if we want our children to be godly people, then we need to be godly dads, right? We need to be godly influences. How are we going to ask them to be something that we are not willing to be ourselves? We set the example. We are supposed to be the spiritual leader of our homes, amen? And so if we want the children to be godly people, then we've got to set a godly example. And, you know, as dads, we, we teach our kids to value and do a lot of things that they can remember throughout their lives. We, we, maybe we teach them to change the oil in the car. Maybe we let them mow the yard, which I do not, by the way. Maybe we teach them how to play baseball. Maybe we teach them how to play basketball. Maybe we teach them how to play football. Maybe we teach them how to catch a fish. But are we teaching our children to always remember to seek and value God's wisdom? Are we teaching them that? You know, King Solomon told his son that if he kept God's commands in his heart, then they would prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Now, Jesus has never promised me a long life on this earth in the flesh. I want to make sure I get that very, very clear to you this morning. Matter of fact, I've seen several Christians die at an early age that were very committed to God and that were very committed to his church. So here's how I apply King Solomon's statement to his son according to Christianity today. If we keep Christ's commands, not only will it bring peace in our walk with Jesus, but it will also produce a Jesus-like quality of life. Amen? That's how I see it applying to us. So dads, what are these values and wisdoms that Jesus is expecting us to share with our children? And I hope and pray that we listen to this very thoroughly this morning. Because we dads can be very stubborn individuals. We dads can get to the point where we almost feel like it's the mother's place to teach them about Jesus. And let me tell you something, dad. If that's you this morning, you have been taught heresy. If that is you this morning, then you've got a hardened heart. If that is you this morning, then when this sermon is over, I would not walk down to this pew or this, this front. I would run. Because you need to be setting this example for your children. When I did B.B. McCormick's funeral Friday, I had the opportunity, probably one of the most godliest people that I had ever met in my life. I only knew him for five months. But he taught Sunday school. 
He was a deacon. He was a servant. He loved God, and because he loved God, he loved people. And in that sermon Friday that I did, I tell you what really touched my heart and what really ought to challenge us as men, I asked the people that was there, where are these men today? Oh, you're here. You're here. The question is, are you willing the question is, are you willing to let God break your heart? The question is, is are you willing to be the man that God wants you to be instead of the man that society and the culture has tagged you into being? We're here. The question is, do we want to be the man that God wants us to be? Do we really want to share godly wisdom? It's easy to share wisdom that we gain throughout our lives, amen? I teach you how to change a flat tire. I, I teach you how to mow the yard. I teach you how to break ground. I teach you economics. I teach you how to write a check. I teach you all these different things that I've gained throughout my life. But then we read the Bible and we find out, we know for a fact that the biggest thing that we should be teaching our children as men is for them how to love God and love people and have godly wisdom. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? So this is number two. Are you ready? Dads, our children need to see that we possess a godly what? A godly love. They need to see this from us. King Solomon said to let love and faithfulness, in verses 3 through 4, never leave you. Then you will win favor and have a good name and a good sight of God and in man. You know, we, we love to talk about the words of Jesus. Well, Jesus said a couple of things that we dads need to hear this morning. Matthew 22, talk about the two greatest commandments that are based off two things. The first one is this, Christ commands that we love who? Him. He commands that we love Him. It's not an option. It's not something that we get around to. It's not something that we should be putting off. It's something that should be an everyday occurrence within our life that we love Jesus with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. So what value of love do your children see us placing on Jesus? Is he just a convenient love? Is he just a wishful kind of love? Is he a love that we bring out on Easter and we bring out on Christmas? Or do they see us in his word faithfully? Do they see us praying faithfully? Do they see us making worship a priority? Do they see us making church a priority? Loving Jesus with all that we have. It requires movement. It requires action. It requires an understanding that I am who I am because of the great I am. Amen? All of these things. And then number two, Christ commands that we love each what? That we love each other. You know, most men I have found have a loving problem. If they don't love God, they won't love others. And that's just the truth. Many times our love and our relationships are hindered and dampened because our vertical relationship is not where it needs to be. And because our vertical relationship is not where it needs to be, then our horizontal relationships are where they are not meant to be. Dad's God's talking to your hearts this morning. He's knocking on your door this morning. And this is the truth. 
You know, Austin said earlier, I pray for Brother Donnie, that when he speaks this morning, that he speaks in what? That he speaks in truth. Well, that is what we are speaking this morning. When we develop a love for people because of our love for Jesus, then we will become the Christian fathers in which our children see, in which they witness that we have love for others. And listen, it's easy to love our families. That's an easy thing to do, right? It's easy to love our, our immediate families most of the time. Amen? But do we have a Christ-like love for other people? And love and faithfulness should be as prominent as breathing. And when we have these two things, the Scripture says this, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and in the sight of... They come into church with that type of attitude. I'm like, you need to be rebaptized. Because whatever happened the first time, it didn't take. Amen? Come into church. You ought to be thankful that you're allowed to get into church. You ought to be thankful God's given you the, the strength and the power to get out of bed this morning and come worship God. Amen? This, this ain't nobody pulling your leg, brothers. There, there's nobody pulling your leg, sisters. This is something that you have learned. God, thank you that I get to come and worship your holy name. Amen? That's what it's all about. Now, now check me. Now, listen. When it gets there, when your relationship with God gets there, and you're like, oh, gosh, it's 930. We got to go. No, it's 930. We got to go. <laughs> I want to get to church. I want to go. I want to get into Sunday. It's my Sunday school. We're coming back. Amen. I want to get a cup of coffee and see what Austin's got on this morning. I want to get to church and, and mess with Daryl this morning. I want to get to church and, and, and mess with Chris. Or I want to get to church and uh, maybe already he's got some knowledge to pass on to me this morning or Miss Donna. I want to get to church and see our kids and our youth and our babies. I want to get to church and just be able to fellowship and hear the word of God and learn with my brothers and my sisters in Jesus because I know, Lord, they're not perfect. Amen. But they've been saved by the perfect one. Dads, there's a lot of you that are not there. But amen, you can get there. You can get there. King Solomon also reminds us of number three. Ellie, you ready? Dads, our children need to see that we have an absolute trust in the Lord. They need to see this. We read about this in verses 5 through 6. The Bible reminds us in 1 Kings chapter 3 that King Solomon may have been the wisest person ever to live. Are, do y'all catch this? Wise people share wise stuff. Amen? And listen to what he says. He instructs his son to trust in the Lord with all of his heart and lead not on his own what? On his own understanding. Listen, I can tell you right now, if I leaned on my own understanding, I'd have quit preaching 11 and a half years ago. <laughs> I mean, because there's great days in the church, and there's struggling days in the church, and there's frustration that grows, and there's encouragement, and you look at things around you, you're like, Father God, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm persecuted, I'm feeling temptation, Father, I'm feeling all these different feelings. We're going through COVID-19, and Lord, it's frustrating, and God, I don't have all the answers that they need, and I, Lord, I tell you, I get frustrated sometimes with our church, and sometimes our church gets frustrated with me, and so you go through all of these things, and then God speaks, and he says, listen, quit leaning on yourself and your own understanding. Lean on who? 
lean on him. You know, we dads typically, we, we live with a certain code that kind of goes like this. You ready? Strong as an ox, but stubborn as a mule. I mean, we do. We do. You know, you ask my wife. I never like to stop and ask for directions. I'm like, look, we'll travel around for an hour and get lost and do it again. <laughs> you know? Donnie, just stop. Nope. <laughs> you know? And, and many times people, they, they frown upon stubbornness, but I, I do believe there are times in our walk with the Lord that our children need to see that we're stubborn. Uh-oh. What are you talking about? They need to see that God's understanding is better than our own. They need to see that no matter what happens, we continue to trust the Lord with all of our what? With all of our hearts. They need to see that no matter how much this world may change, that our faith and our values will not be shaken. You know, I realize that stubbornness sometimes can be a difficult challenge to overcome, but when it's saturated in God's understanding, and when it's saturated in God's word, that's the greatest stubbornness you can ever share with your children. Amen? I want to read you something. 1973, three years before I was born. That'll tell you how old I am. Amen? In 1973, Billy Graham delivered a sermon in St. Louis as he spoke about crisis, he spoke about worry, and he spoke about peace. And then he also spoke about questioning God. And this is where many people are today, especially with the that's being presented in this country right at this moment. And Billy Graham, and Dad, I want you all to hear this. Dads, I want you to hear this. Some of you all, this may not sit well with you, but if it doesn't, I'm sorry. Billy Graham said these words. He said, I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put my trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus because when all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. Our country needs to hear that right now more than ever. When we trust in him and acknowledge him, Solomon told his son that God will make your path straight, son. As a dad... I would much rather be walking in a path directed by God than a path directed by me asking the Lord, Father, won't you just come along? And for many men, that's what we do. God, I'm going to do what I want to do, and if you want to come along, you're more than what? You're more than welcome. Are we trusting in his paths? Are we sharing that with our children? And then King Solomon reminds us of this next point this morning. Dads, our children need to know that we are, and not what? And not proud. Dads, they, they need to see this. That we are humble and not proud. And we see this in verses 7 through 8. When we as dads or Christians, when we act independently of God, we, when we don't trust in Him, when we don't acknowledge Him, when we don't seek Him for help and, and divine direction nor ask Him to take advice of others, but being conceited, when we feel like well, we're self-sufficient, when we are leaning on our own understandings and being wise enough to conduct all affairs in life by our own discretion, guess what comes in then? Evil. Evil has a way of coming in. When we become wise in our own eyes, when we become conceited, 
when we become know-it-alls, prideful, and we lose the ability to not only trust and learn from God because He knows what's best for our lives, we lose the ability also to learn from God. Romans 12, 16, the Bible says from the Apostle Paul, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Basically, the Apostle Paul was telling the Christians in Rome that proudness and wisdom built upon self-sufficiency destroys our ability to become Christ-sufficient, and our egos build a prideful wall that hinders our ability to be the Christian dads that we need to be for our children. You know, someone once said, nothing more surely betrays young people into certain ruin. Guard them against self-conceit. Guard them against self-conceit. But King Solomon reminded his son and us that we should fear the Lord and that we should shun evil. See, the fear of the Lord, it opposes pride. It opposes high-mindedness and it replaces it with humility. It replaces it with honor and reverence for God. Are our children seeing this in us? Solomon, he promised his son, and he said, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Now listen, isn't it amazing that when we shun evil, isn't it amazing that when we do this and we have a healthy fear of the Lord, healings come to our bodies, to our souls, to our families, and to our minds. You know, a lot of times when families are crumbling, there is a faithful aspect that's missing. A father has forgot how to love his, the mother of his children. A father has forgot how to love his children. A mother has forgot how to love her husband. A mother has forgot how to love her children. And so then when people get broken, they, they come you know, when I do wedding or marital counseling, I, I tell couples that I marry, well, first, we do four to five weeks of counseling. And then I make them sign a contract, and it tells them, when you're going through a rough patch, don't let it get to the point where the rough becomes broken. Stop. Find help. Find someone that loves you, and he can encourage you, and can tell you the truth. Families, the family unit in this country has been breaking. The family unit in this country has been hurting. The family units, there's children without dads, there's children without moms. It breaks your heart. Because every single one of these children need a dad. They need a mom. They need that in their lives. And dad, listen to me this morning. It's not your, just your job to bring that paycheck home. It's not just your job to be that stubborn one. It's not just your job to be that one that always says no. It's not just your job to be their friend. It's not just your job to say, well, son, I did that, so I know you're going to do it. It's not just your job. It's your job to share with them what God wants for their life. And to give them godly wisdom and direction. And then King Solomon also reminded this last point. 
Dads, our children need to see that we honor Christ with our what? With our wealth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is going to get a little touchy. I mean, I hope you got your steel toes on, dads. Hope you got your waders on this morning because this is going to hit you where a lot of you don't like to be hit. Amen? You know, we dads, when we give our lives to the Lord, we say, Yes, Father, I believe. Yes, Father, I want to be baptized. Yes, Father, I want to be joined the church. But, Lord, you can't have my what? You can't have this. This belongs to who? This belongs to me. It took King Solomon seven years to build the temple of the Lord, and he spared no expense. And just like his father David, King Solomon knew where his help came from, and he wanted his son to honor God with his wealth. So dads, how do we do this? I'm going to give you a few ways. Are you ready? Write them down. Your hands may start shaking. I don't know, but I want you to write them down. Are you ready? Number one, how do we do this? By giving the first and best to God. Give him the first and give him the best. Don't just give him the crumbs. Amen? Don't just give him, oh, Brother Donnie, I cannot afford to do that. Let me tell you something. I've been doing it. My wife and I will be married 22 years, August 1st, and we've been doing it for going on 22 years, and God has always blessed us. He's always blessed us. People in the church today, you hear people, well, Brother Donnie, we can't tithe, we can't give the gifts, we can't do this. I'm telling you, it's his anyway. It's his anyway. He, he's just giving it to you to be a steward of his money. He's watching how we use it and what we do, how we abuse it. He's watching all of these things. And then number two, by giving, by being a gracious giver. Be a gracious giver. You know, I heard the stories of B.B., how he would be at church and he would just slip $20 bills into people's pocket. Take the youth, get them some pizza. Take this, get it for the workers of Hope House. Take this, go buy a, a kid a backpack. Take this, go do this, go do that. You know why he did that? It wasn't because the man was rich per se, but he was rich in love with God. And that's why he did that. That's why he did that. He was a gracious giver because he knew that everything he had already belonged to who? To God. And then number three, by being a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful what? Giver. Well, Brother Donnie, I, I just, I've never been able to be a cheerful giver. Every time that thing comes around, I just feel, ugh, I just can't do it. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a heart issue. That's a heart issue. There's nothing wrong with your little hands. There's nothing wrong with your wrist. There's nothing wrong with your fingers. There's probably nothing wrong with your arms. There's probably nothing even wrong with your minds. It's a heart issue. Because giving unto the Lord is worship. Amen? It's re it is telling God, God, I know this is yours. I'm going to give back the first. I'm going to give back the best. I'm going to give to your church. I'm going to give to anything that they need to go teach people about Jesus and reach people for the gospel. That's what we do. And then number four, by expressing thankfulness for all the gifts. You know, you dads this morning, it would be a great morning to come down and say, God, thank you. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my home. Thank you for we have a car to drive. Thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for my spouse. 
Thank you for my children. I mean, how can you just keep going? Amen. And going and going and going. First Chronicles 29, verses 12 through 13 says, Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands and our strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. When we honor God with our wealth, King Solomon reminded his son that God will bless you in return. Now, I don't know what those blessings may be. They may be different for every single person. But he says he will what? He will bless you. Dads, are we sharing this godly wisdom with our children? One last saying, one last poem, and then we're going to close. There are little eyes upon you that are watching night and day. There are little ears that quickly take in every word you say. There are little hands all eager to do everything you do, and a little boy who's dreaming of the day that he'll be like you. You're the little fella's idol. You're the wisest of the wise. In his little mind about you, no suspicions ever rise. He believes in you devoutly, holds all that you say and do. He will say and do your way when he's grown up to be like you. There's a wide-eyed little girl who believes you're always right. And her ears are always open. And she watches day and night. You're setting an example every day in all you do for the little boy or little girl who's waiting to grow up to be just like you. You know, Dad, you may be thinking, you know, Brother Donnie is trying his best to pull on my heartstrings this morning. You better believe it. You better believe it, because there is nothing more that I love to see than men at this altar praying. Men at this altar saying, God, I am stubborn as a mule, and Lord, I need you to break me. Men at this altar saying, listen, I have not been the husband that I need to be. I have not been the father that I need to be, and, and I need God. I need Jesus to do something in my life starting today. Dads, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you this morning. Let God break you. Because when he empties you, he's going to fill you back up with something that maybe you've never experienced. And so when God is calling on you this morning and the knees are knocking and the hands are clenching as we come and we get ready to sing this morning, this is your challenge. This is your opportunity to set an example for your children and for your family. And you may be thinking, Brother Donnie, I can't do it alone. You don't have to. Amen? You don't have to do it alone. you got a church family that loves you. you got a church family that wants to encourage you and wants to help you, pray with you, have a relationship with you. That's what we're going to do here at Cecilia. We're not building individuals per se. We're building a family. Amen? That's what we're going to do. And so, fathers, I would encourage you this morning that it starts with us. So as you stand this morning and as we sing, will you come?